It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.06 on a Saturday morning, 51 degrees outside. Don't forget, I'll be at Sun City Peachtree today from 11 to 1 at the sales office, by the way, and down in Griffin, Georgia. You can get to the uh, get to the directions and details about the appearance at my website, WalterReeves.com. Just look for Where's Walter? <laughs> It'll tell you there on the list of places I'll be. Today, Sun City from 11 to 1. Bring your garden questions and some conversation. We'll visit there at the sales center of Sun City. And then next Saturday morning at the Holcomb Bridge Pike Nursery, where we'll be doing another remote broadcast with some Chick-fil-A biscuits and some Chick-fil-A coffee and maybe some uh, giveaways from Chateau Elan and maybe a little bit of Melorganite to give away as well. We've got a lot of stuff to go on there during this next week. This morning, our guest is Buddy Lee from Uncor Azaleas. And one of the things that fascinates me about Buddy Lee, did you really think you're going to do this when you were young, Buddy? Or what were you doing before you started hybridizing azaleas? Azaleas? Well, before I started, well, I grew up on a dairy farm and a beef farm and a vegetable farm. Yeah. And they had local nurseries around. And I always wanted to work on work on one of the nurseries. But And so uh, the deal was uh, I could work at the nursery, but I had to milk cows in the afternoon. <laughs> It just from from I mean, but I have you know azaleas. Azaleas are, are a southern staple. I mean, in our area, they had huge azalea gardens at the uh, Z Murray Gardens, and they opened the nurseries for the gardens for free yeah. back in those days. And so I, I mean, I I guess the color and ease of growing. But I started my own nursery. Worked with several other nurseries. Did a lot of production, and then I just started doing hybridization. And that was when. Ah, uh, I guess initially it was uh, early 70s when I first just started uh, looking for development. I remember the first guy that I worked for uh, asked him, I said, where's the seed at on these things? He looked at me, <laughs> right. and he'd been producing his eggs. He said, you know, I don't know if they have seed. Oh, get out. they got to have <laughs> and seed. And I said, you know, growing up on a vegetable farm, everything has seed, you know, sure. if it's a reproduced. But some of them don't have seed. You know, some mm. of them are sterile. Some of them don't set seed. And I just, you know, from back then I just – started looking at azaleas from uh you know the individuals and what they did and numerous species i, I guess that was weird for a guy and a kid in southern louisiana to be thinking about things like that yeah, but, sure. <laughs> but um just fascinated with them and started looking for vegetative sports and and different types to try to find new varieties but finally it dawned on me i started doing control pollination and it was a long learning curve because it was kind of homegrown yeah. plant breeding yeah but uh, i developed a lot of techniques and just gr- germinating the seed and and growing them you know um and over time and i look back uh it was in the 90s before the first my first azaleas was released were there were the original ones were they encores originally or was it some other brand name that well you... it was encore and they were released at pike nursery they yeah. were the yeah. n- initial and i was so. working night shift then you know when you're a plant breeder especially back then you had to have two or three jobs to make a living because you know plants didn't really and mm. so i i worked a night shift uh i was an rn i worked in uh, er and icu and different uh, things and and i loved doing that but uh the next day that day they had the grand uh uh, opening or yeah. the debut of Encore Azaleas. I remember Pike saying they had this new kind of azalea that would bloom two or three times, and I thought, 
No, they're not. That's not going to do that way. Yeah, who's this crazy person that says he's got to say, no, that's not going to work. I was real wrong, buddy. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's 18 years now with them on market, 18 so years. Yeah. And there's, uh, you know, um, they're widely accepted. But, you know, a lot of new plants are accepted now. Say, well, 20 years ago, people tend to be, you know, to, you know, they wanted to try it in true Stick plants. in the mud would be a description of me <laughs> back 20 years ago. I thought, no, that's right. not going to work. It's crazy. Encore, come on. Give me a break. Right. All right. Let's give Mary Ellen a break here. Mary Ellen's in Lilburn. She joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mary Ellen. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I have a Japanese maple tree that's been in a spot which is not good, and it needs to be moved, and I wanted to know when and how to move it. How big? You say it's four feet tall right now. Yeah, it's about four or five, between four and five feet tall. How wide is it, Mary Ellen? Oh, three feet. Mm, we're not going to move it today, or not. We're okay. not even going to move it this season. We're going to move it in the fall. There's, okay, yeah, you're really going to make that tree unhappy if you try to move it now, simply because you're going to lose a lot of roots, and it's going to come through the summertime looking like, "Where are my roots, Mary Ellen?" You left them back at <laughs> the old planting spot. So come fall, November, okay. leaves off of it. That is when Mary Ellen. Hopefully, you have help, Mary Ellen. And right. you go out there and dig it up. It'd be great if you were to saturate the soil before you do this. Get a hose and just dribble water on it for a week. Just okay. saturate the soil around this Japanese maple to make it easier to dig, easier to pull. Even if you pull it out of the ground almost bare root with no leaves on it in November, you can move it over to the other place where you want it to be, plant okay. it there, end of story. Next spring it leaps back out again and hopefully recovers and does a fine job for you. Uh, great. Thank you so much. I Great. appreciate that. Great talking to you, Mary Ellen. Thanks for calling. Bye. we got Benjamin in Montezuma, Georgia. Join us on Lawn and Garden, Benjamin. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What's up? I have a question about encores. When is the best time to prune them, and when is the best time to fertilize them, and with what? Brother Buddy Lee right here. Talk to us. Well, the best time to prune them, if they need pruning, is right after their spring bloom. That's the best time to prune Encore or really traditional azaleas, right after they right after they bloom in the spring. And the best time to fertilize them is also usually right after they bloom in the spring. Some people will give them a second uh, uh, fertilization a little later, but I wouldn't do that late in the year because you kind of, in late in the late year you want the plants to kind of start gearing down, acclimate to cold weather. But um, most any, I've used a lot of different fertilizers. I, holly tones and and um, I've even used cottonseed meal. Yeah. The problem with cottonseed meal is there's not really a problem. Just the first couple of weeks, you get this kind of odor in your yard that breaks <laughs> down. But actually, it's it's a great fertilizer. Holly tones a great fertilizer. A, a fertilizer made for azaleas or blueberries, but don't overdo it. And just make sure that those plants are not in a dehydrated state when you fertilize them. And you know, usually this time of year, they're pretty moist. The ground's moist. How does that work for you, Benjamin? Um, what analysis, though? Nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. Well, Hollytone is a brand name, and it has, I can't remember off the hand what the analysis says of Hollytone, but if you get Hollytone, cottonseed meal is like a 601. Uh, Milorganite would probably work pretty well there as well. Um, the EB Stone product, the EB Stone uh, azalea camellia fertilizer that Pike sells, that would be fine. But all these organic fertilizers, 
pretty much are the same ingredients, the same action, and so you don't need to worry too much about the analysis, just polytone, melorinite. So, and so when you prune them, after you, they just get through with their spring bloom, how long do you have before they set blooms for the fall blooming? Well, if you prune them earlier, you know, you prune them right after they get through blooming, they'll trigger into growth if they're fertilized and conditions are right. I've seen a lot of them repeat bloom, you know, in July and August. Sometimes it may be a little later, depending on the climatic, you know, conditions and whether it's too hot or they dry. But they usually will trigger, you know, if you get them cut and you got a good fertilization day and a good growth, growth habit, they usually will trigger back into growth July, August, or sometime like that, depending on location. And again, I've seen them bloom in November. So a third right. possibility, and you're in the warm part of the state, Benjamin and Montezuma, I would say you have a real good chance of having three bloom right. periods on them. And as Buddy say, says, if you will fertilize after each bloom period has ended, then that just sets the trigger for the next bloom period to start. So they're hungry for fertilizer. They don't mind a lot of it. Well, as long as you use the label recommendations, you right. water as you fertilize to make sure that the ground is not All dry. Right. That'll work. All righty then. Thank you. Good luck with it, Benjamin. All make right. Montezuma happy. Make it pretty for Always. us. Mm -hmm. All right, man. 404-872-0750, the number on lawn and garden. Let's see who we've got in here coming up next. We've got Deb out in Lilburn, Georgia. Deb joins us on lawn and garden. Hey, Deb. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. What you need? Well, i there are so many fertilizers when I go out to the pike and I look at <laughs> and I like to use organic. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, is there a good just all-purpose fertilizer I can use for all my plants? Or should, do I really have to get one for acidic, one for citrus, one for, I mean, I just, I'm just trying to keep this all under control. And the fertilizer is, it's, it's there, always very difficult. There are many members of my audience, Deb, who are marketers and who are laughing right now if they're anything so. about gardens because <laughs> marketing is all about segmenting the audience into making them believe that you need this for this and that for that and this for the other and this for your oily hair and this for your dandruff hair and this for your thin hair and this for your... No, you can get by with about three different kind of fertilizers and you will be fine. And I will tell you the three that I use. I use an organic fertilizer, and that could be the three that we mentioned just a minute ago. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned Hollytone, Milorganite, or the EB Stone. Any of those work fine. Cottonseed meal even would work fine as an, quote, organic fertilizer to mix in the soil as I plant things. I use a liquid fertilizer. I get miracle Grow, and just use that when I'm watering in my tomatoes or plant my annuals in the spring or something like that. And I use a lawn fertilizer. I've got St. Augustine lawn, so I have a high first number fertilizer that I use for lawn grass. And that's about all you need, Deb, to be honest. That'll take you through the whole year without much worry at all. You only have three containers to worry with and not 20. Well, that makes my life that much easier. Thank you so much. It is I my pleasure it, to be of service to you, Deb. And take don't, care. Don't forget, Buddy Lee is old enough to remember that the uh, movie actor, John Travolta, John Travolta was trying to teach us all about what fertilizer numbers mean and remember that Buddy, what he looked like in the movie poster, he had his one hand up in the air, one hand pointed down to the ground, and his knee sort of cocked out like that. Right. Up, down, and all around. Okay. That is what John Travolta was trying to teach us. That's what the three numbers on a fertilizer bag stand for. First number makes the upper part of the plant. Nitrogen makes the first part of the plant grow. The middle number, phosphorus, makes the roots and energy storage parts of the plant do well. Potassium, the last one, is all around good health of the plant. Up, down, all around. 
that I'll teach that, Buddy Lee something this morning. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember that. <laughs> it is eight eighteen. We'll be back after this. Check back often for severe weather updates on WSB, the WSB radio app. And first thing tomorrow on Atlanta's Morning News, Kirk Mellish's updated forecast and triple team traffic coverage every six minutes begins at 4.30 a.m. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. If you get your garden jobs done today, there's going to be a lot of weed lifting that can be done. The ground is saturated. It's easy to pull weeds out if you want to. And the temperatures, low 60s this afternoon, partly cloudy skies, low 40s overnight. It's going to be a great day for gardening. Pike Nursery is open for you to come and peruse their plants. And let's give away the weekend prize. Ashley, you got time? She has time. She's thinking of a number between 2 and 7 to determine who wins a pair of tickets to see the Bud Light Concert Series featuring Sticks on May 15th at Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation, and four passes to see the movie Eye in the Sky, courtesy of Regal Entertainment Group. Ashley Frasca, who wins? Caller number three. Caller number three, do it quick, 404-741-0750, 404-741-0750. Dial carefully. Tony is in Watkinsville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tony, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Good to speak to you today. What you want to know about azaleas, Tony? Well, I just appreciate the ones in South Georgia so much. And what I wanted to know is that a different variety than we normally have up here. If it is, what kind is it? Will it grow in Watkinsville? And then I also noticed in South Georgia especially, they tend to plant them around their trees, uh, the pine trees and oak trees. Is there a special, anything different you need to do when you plant around trees like that? Go for it, buddy. Well, I find <clears throat> when you plant around trees, um, first you got to supply them, a, uh, you know, the time and the and the soil for them to get rooted in. And once they get rooted in, they usually can survive fairly well. You know, sometimes trees or bigger trees like oak trees, the roots just kind of overwhelm the azalea. But if you give them, um, you know, maybe put some uh, pine bark mulch and add it to it, and just get them rooted in, it may take a little longer. But um, in most instances, they can uh, root themselves in, and they'll, they'll do well. And what about which kind? What is the big azalea of South Georgia? I think is indica azalea. I would say the, the old tr- traditional southern indica azalea is like Formosa, G.G. Gerbing, George Tabor, uh, Gerbing the White. That's the traditional pl- plants. They, they started planting those in the ground in the south in about 18, 1848 or so. The leaves are bigger than the normal Kurumi azaleas that you see around Atlanta blooming right now, Tony. So the ones in South Georgia have leaves that are at least two, sometimes three inches long, and they are a little bit less cold tolerant than the Japanese are, but they bloom like crazy. Thank you so much. I'll be looking for those. Yeah, and they would grow in Watkinsville, no problem. Once every 10 years, maybe they'll get frozen, but don't worry so much about it, Tony. Get one of those big indica, the Gerbing, or one of the other azaleas, Formosa azaleas, and they will look really, really pretty in Watkinsville. It's 827 at News Talk WSB. Back to more lawn and garden, as well as Mickey Gasaway with the Pike Pick of the Weekend. After news. wheels to make a vehicle called a tricycle. Every triangle has three corners, every triangle has three sides, no more, no less, you don't have to guess, when it's three you can see it's a magic number, a man and a woman and a little baby, yes they do, they have three in the family, that's a magic number. 
the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.35 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden, the last 30 minutes of Lawn and Garden. Don't forget, we've got Buddy Lee here from Encore Azaleas. If you have a question about azalea culture and care and fertilization and pruning and about Encores in specific, Buddy would be happy to answer your questions. We're joined this morning by Mickey Gazaway from Pike Nursery, as we are every Saturday morning. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning. Tell him how much I love the... Have y'all been talking about the... Is it Autumn Fire? Is that the new we one? We have been talking about Autumn Fire here. Oh, there. it's yes. so pretty. Yeah. Thank it you. It is beautiful. Mickey, uh, I have been thinking about you since last Saturday because I think I have an answer for a question of a guy that called us, and I was wrong. I believe I was wrong because of something you said. It was the guy who called and said he has this weed in his yard that has these little white tubers on it. Yeah. I said it was rattlesnake weed, and you looked at me sort of funny and said, but rattlesnake weed has yellow flowers, and he was describing blue flowers. I think he had violets. I think he was just plain old talking about wild had, violets. I think he had violets or he had uh, vinca major. Could have been, but the vinca wouldn't have much tuber, and the violets do have tubers. Well, and he that's distinctly true. said that's tubers, true. white things on the roots. So whoever that gentleman was, I apologize. I <laughs> led him in the wrong direction. The same way, don't you think? I mean, violets are a little yeah. bit hard, but they're they're both perennial. They're both yeah. hard to control, but with the same chemicals, you could probably control rattlesnake weed and wild violets with the same stuff. But I, I thought about like all week. I thought Mickey was right. It's not going to be a yellow oh, flower on that thing. Oh, yeah. Right. So you know, we sometimes we're right, sometimes we're that's right. Not so right. But everything yeah. every Saturday we can be right because we know what the pike pick of the weekend is. <laughs> Don't That's we know. right, and this week it's uh, the double knockouts, the pink and the red. Oh, fabulous. That'll be big red flowers, big pink flowers on there. And they are so pretty, just beautiful, 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 beautiful. Um, just make sure you give them plenty of sun mm-hmm. and cut them back in the spring. Because if you don't, they'll be six feet tall. And well, they'll bigger. be six feet tall. Almost. Anyway, mine, well, not, not that tall, but mine, I can cut them back to... 12 inches, and by the end of the summer, they'll be taller than I am. Yeah. Not that tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And covered in flowers. Yeah. Just covered yes, in big they, balls they of flowers. Bloom, they bloomed until almost till Thanksgiving last year. It's really, really pretty. So, and that pink is gorgeous. I love it, too. One of the things that people ask about always on any kind of rose is, what is the proper care for a rose? And you think that one of the three-in-one products would work I again? I think for the, the knockouts, that's fine. I th- now, I think for, um, for the hybrid teas or some of the rest of them, I think you need to be a little more specific. Uh-huh. But I think for the knockouts, they're so disease resistant, and so I mean, there are certain insects that's gonna, that are going to get them. But um, if you use that bigger three-in-one, that'll take care of the insects, yep. and they don't need much um, in the way of fungicides. I think that my job in the next day or so is to run down to Pike and get some of the bigger three-in-one to put on my roses because I have I a, a hybrid tea that does get the back spot if I'm not careful, and so I think it would be good to take yeah, care of it that way. Mine look real good now. I was looking at them thinking, you know, you really need to get out and do something because if I don't, I know they are going to get some black. That, that's spots. exactly what the experience of 
older gardeners like myself, not like you because you're not an old gardener. Of course. But older gardeners like myself look at our roses in the spring and how pretty they are. We think, oh, you're so gorgeous. Nothing's ever going to happen to you. And then July comes and they got all the yellow leaves and all the slugs and soft flies and eating up the leaves. That, that fungicides are preventives, they're yes, they not are. curatives. Yes, they are. So, Bayer 3 in 1, I agree with you, Mickey. That's a good thing for hybrid teas and might help protect the knockouts a little bit too. So, let's summarize here. We've got knockout. The double red, double pink, 20% off. That's right. All Pike nurseries go to the cash register and just say, I'm a friend of Mickey and Walter, and they said give me 20% off on this rose today. Correct. And, and also, don't forget the um, the class we're having this morning. This is going to be a fun class because it's on just planning your spring garden. Right. And we're going to help you plan what how to make it beautiful, what all you need to do. We're open for lots of questions. We'll have lots of plants to show you and how to choose the right one and how to how to plan it right and how to be successful have, and win the lawn of the month in your HOA. So it'll be 9 o'clock this morning? Right, no. And then next Saturday is the tomato class. Yes. So next Saturday, make your calendar and say 9 o'clock tomorrow. Any Pike location you care to go to, they will have a class on tomatoes next Saturday, about spring gardening this Saturday, as well as the 20% off on the on the uh, knockout roses, the double pink and the double red knockout roses. And I think it's <sighs> next week is Holcomb Bridge, isn't it? And next Friday, Saturday, I'll be with you at Holcomb Bridge Road next right. Saturday morning. I'll see you then. I'll look forward to it. Where would we find locations and times and anything we need to know about Pike Nursery, Mickey? At pikenursery.com. Of course. I'll see you next Saturday. See you later. Bye. See, see you then. 841 on a Saturday morning. Let's go to the phones. We've got Adrian and Tucker who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Adrian, hey, good morning. Well, good morning, Walter. I'm, I enjoy your show, of course. Well, thank you. Uh, I wanted to ask about uh, uh, azaleas. I have some autumn twist uh, in my front courtyard. It's a full sun situation with a brick house. And I put some Snow White Indian Hawthorn, some Clara, some Knockout Roses. But for some reason, these autumn twists look like they're very reluctant to grow. And I was concerned that maybe there was a reflective heat issue coming off the brick and the, uh, the sidewalk in that courtyard area. Uh, yes. Uh, well, you know, that, that can be an extremely stressful area, um, you know, for an azalea, especially where you're getting that light reflected. I've seen numerous areas where it took a while for that azalea to get rooted in. But mm. but once you get it rooted in and established, I don't know how old your plant is, but uh, usually they can overcome that, especially as they get bigger and they kind of blend in with the other plants and it helps reflect that light off. But that can be a tough spot, you know, for an azalea. Now, would it be a certain distance from the house that would be better? Is, is, is that an issue there? Is it just such a, a heat island in general? It's just, well, I think the closer the closer it is to, the, to mm -hmm. the wall, to the house, the more difficult it is. As you move away from the house, I don't think it's that big a deal because there's air circulation and mm -hmm. it, it cools off. But if you can get that plant established, and, you know, azaleas have a fibrous root system, I'm, sounds like, and, you know, they have to have some good soil, acidic soil. Uh, but saying all that, it's a full sun, and it's get reflective uh, light, f heat, so it takes a little bit longer to get them rooted in. Just make sure it's planted correctly, you know, a little elevated, not planted too deep. They don't like, you know, if you, you know, they can linger there for a good while if they're planted too deep and be stressful, all, you know, be stressed out also. Mm-hmm. Would it need extra mulch because of that area, I think? Well, I wouldn't put more than a couple inches or three inches of mulch. Probably pine needles would be the best mm. uh, in that area. Try to, you know, pine needles, 
break down. They're pretty fairly acidic. Now, if you use pine bark nuggets, I would say just just a couple inches because if you put too much mulch, you're literally burying the plant deeper, and so that you can cause some stress there. You you know you're sinking the the fibrous root system. The shallow they want to have shallow root systems. And if you put too much mulch, you it's a tendency. It's almost like planting them too deep. I see. Well, I would appreciate your opinion on that. Okay. All right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for calling, Adrian. You're welcome. Bye-bye. For, now, you know, one of the follow-up questions I have for you, buddy, she mentioned autumn twist. We've got autumn fire that's coming up. How many different encores have been introduced since you started introducing them? I think there's, you know, 29 or 30. <laughs> you lost count of your children. You don't right, know what right. they But uh, that's a lot, a lot of them, and, I, and I'm continually working on, uh, you know, breeding for more. I, I guess it's more of an addiction, but I'm looking for leaf color. You know, just expand the uh, azalea, uh, you know, offering. So I hesitate to ask you this, but what in the next five years could we look forward to from the Buddy Lee Encore Azalea program? Oh, hopefully, you know, and like I said, we don't, I don't release things extremely fast, uh, but, you know, like some leaf color, different variegate, variegated and mm-hmm. uh, leaf colors. And, uh, but they have to pan out in, in a lot of the evaluations. All right. We'll look forward to it. It'll be, you will know it first, right? Right. right. You'll let us know. I'll let you know. All right. Martin's in free home, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Martin, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What's up? I have an apple tree that my father planted many long years ago, and it's gotten a hollow in it. Oh. And uh, I was wondering if I should inject it with a closed-cell polyurethane foam, like uh, great stuff or something like that, to keep water from getting into it. No. No. One-word answer. No. What can you do about it? I'm afraid of it getting damaged in a windstorm or something because it has great apples. Yeah, there's more damage to be done from filling hollows than there is from leaving them open. The reason being that the tree itself heals wounds and heals scrapes and hollows and things like that by walling off that damage. And if you put the foam inside there, even though initially it's going to be pretty well sealed around the edges, within two years or so, the foam separates from the edge from where it's really connected to the uh, apple tree bark and water and bugs and things creep around behind there and then they have this wonderful environment warm moist all the time it never dries out and they start boring in and getting past the apples defenses and for that reason i think the hollow is just going to have to stay the hollow there yeah okay yeah and that goes for any tree martin whether it's be maple apple any other tree you have in the landscape, filling hollows is not the right way to do it. Draining them is not the right way to do it. The tree has its own resources. If you keep it healthy and happy, fertilization appropriately, um, mulch to keep the soil cool in the summertime, that is going to be the happiest you can make the tree and let it fight its own fights. Hmm. Okay. Well, it bears so many good apples every year that I want to. I would be loath to lose it. Martin, I got another opportunity for you. Go to my website and learn about grafting apples. Oh, actually, I, I did some starts off of it this year All when right. I pruned it. All right. I took a bunch of the cuttings and put them in the soil, Yeah. and some of them look like they're taking root. All right. If some of them are rooting, then you're a lucky man, but also learn about grafting, grafting some of the branches, small branches, little pencil-sized branches off of your nice old oak, uh, apple tree and grafting those onto a young, vigorous tree without a hollow in it. That's a good thing to do, and I think you have time to do that right now in the spring if you, if you hurry up. Is there any trick to choosing what kind of rootstock to use? Frankly, I would choose anything you got. If you have a good, healthy apple tree with pencil-sized branches on it, and you got pencil-sized branches on your uh, 
old oak tree, old apple tree, then uh, oh. graft and use the whatever you have in the landscape. You're just saying put new branches in. You got it. Oh, okay. All right, thank you. All right, good talking to you, Martin. Thanks for calling. It's 847 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Take it to a place where the healing flows are Time for a quick weather update brought to you by Action Security. A very, very pleasant day for gardening outside today. No rain. Highs in the low 60s, overnight lows in the 40s, and your full and accurate and dependable forecast will come up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's been my pleasure this morning to have Buddy Lee with us. Buddy Lee, the dude behind Encore Azaleas. If you want to know who thought up Encore Azaleas, I'm looking at him right this minute. Very handsome young man. Well, thank you, Walter, uh, for having me. For well, uh, but I uh, appreciate being on the show. I enjoyed it. I always love coming to Atlanta, especially on a day like today. Exactly. Just a beautiful day. Beautiful day. And so we're talking about autumn fire. That's the one that Mickey was talking about at Pike. We have lots of different kinds of encore azaleas, but autumn fire is a featured plant for encore this right. weekend. I think you'll it'll do well for you. It's a compact plant. Uh, it could do well in the landscape and also in a container plant. Yeah. You know. How big a container, just real quickly, how big of a container would you put it in? Well, you know, I, often, I heard someone say uh, the the number one thing they did, made whiskey barrels for was to plant <laughs> uh, plants in them. <laughs> so I don't, you know, that's probably not true, but some kind of container like that, a wide with big. a wide top that drains yeah. really well. Okay. All right, so something big, not a little one-gallon, two-gallon, five-gallon. Well, no, that uh, it just doesn't have a long life, you know, shelf life there for your yard there. You'd have to replant it to get root down too fast. All right, all right. Encore azaleas and the autumn fire feature today. Don't forget a couple of announcements that we made during the day. I'll be at Sun City Peachtree at 11 o'clock this morning. If you want to bring your bugs and your baggies and your weeds and your conversation and your pictures of your landscape, you can drop by the sales center at Sun City Peachtree. I'll be there at 11 o'clock through 1 o'clock today. Mickey Gasway mentioned that she and I will be together at Holcomb Bridge Nursery, Pike Nursery, next Saturday. We'll be there. We'll have Chick-fil-A biscuits and coffee, and Chateau Elan is giving away their nice weekend that they will, uh, or overnight stay, I should say, and massages at Chateau Elan. That'll be a lot of fun, as well as I believe we'll have some Milorganite sample packs to give you as well. And don't forget, if you go to my website, you can get details on our trip to the Pacific Northwest. That's the newest garden trip that I'm leading. It's going up to Seattle, to Bouchard Gardens, to the Olympic Peninsula, to Pike Street Market, to the private gardens of Seattle, and to the private garden of Dan Hinckley, the plant explorer. That is going to be spectacular to see some of that stuff. And this will be fun. We'll stay in the States. We're not going off to some crazy part of the world. If you are a gardener, you'll be welcome. If you're the spouse of a gardener, you'll be welcome. Don't worry that there's not going to be anything to do except look at plants because we are much wider than that. We've got people already signed up for this Pacific Northwest trip that are different uh, people. One is a daylily breeder, and he can talk about he and his wife can talk about daylilies till the cows come home. We've got doctors, lawyers, and others. You get details on the Pacific Northwest trip at WalterReeves.com. While you're there, look at the buttons that say Follow Walter on Pinterest. I have a big weed control section on Pinterest. On Facebook, I update people about two or three times a week on things they ought to be doing, like controlling 
fire ants. That's a great thing you can do right this very minute. You can follow me on Twitter. You can sign up for our bi-weekly email newsletter. <sighs> and you can get garden questions and answers as well. That's the other thing you can do there. It's been my great pleasure this morning to spend Saturday morning with Ashley Frasca screening our calls, answering our questions off the air. I've missed her terribly because I've been on all these remote broadcasts. Scott and Maxim got the April shower song in for me this morning. I appreciate that, Scott. It keeps us smiling and on the air, which is most important of all. Buddy Lee, I appreciate your being here as well this morning. We'll see you next Saturday morning at Holcomb Bridge Pike Nursery. We will see you then. Stay tuned for the Home Fix-It Show.